0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment of Health Professional Radio. We'll be speaking with Dr. Arlene Sivka Radke. She's professor, Department of Genitourinary Medical Oncology, Division of Cancer Medicine, the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. She's joining us to talk about her presentation at ESMO 2023 about the Phase 3 Thor study. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Doctor.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Neil.
0: Professor of Genito Urinary Medical Oncology. Give us a, a brief look into your professional background and talk about what led you into this specialty.
1: Well, I, I've been doing work in the field of bladder cancer for over 20 years now. I started as a fellow at the MD Anderson Cancer Center, and when I rotated through the GU department, we were doing aggressive chemotherapy in an elderly, frail patient population, which was a very challenging group of patients to treat, and and that's what attracted me. I, I felt I had the skills to do that successfully.
0: Was this your first love going into medicine?
1: Well, I I actually didn't ever even see a patient with bladder cancer until I came to MD Anderson. Ah, ah. So it's one of those tumors that are, you know, a little bit more rare. Uh, Most oncologists in the community may only treat one or two metastatic bladder cancer patients every year. So it really does take being at a large center to see a large population of these patients.
0: Give us a summary of the Thor data at ESMO, including uh, any background information.
1: Well, the Thor clinical trials incorporated two trials to learn how to give an FGF inhibitor in patients with metastatic urothelial carcinoma. Some of the early work I and my colleagues did at MD Anderson uh, showed that FGFR3 alterations were present early in the disease stage. So we saw these Tumors that develop into aggressive bladder cancer have a very high propensity for FGFR alterations. And we thought that by targeting these, we could make a difference and we could get tumors to shrink and extend patients' lives. There were two clinical trials as part of the SOAR trial design. Uh, the first clinical trial was a trial comparing ertafitinib, which targets FGFR3, versus chemotherapy in patients who had prior treatment with an immune checkpoint inhibitor. And what we saw was that ertafitinib improved the survival. Patients lived longer when they received treatment with ertafitinib compared to single agent taxane. We also saw an improved response rate compared to single-agent taxane and an improved progression-free survival. So it does appear that this is a treatment that works and that patients will experience benefits from by incorporating it into their therapy.
0: Talk about some of the challenges that patients have to deal with with advanced or metastatic urothelial cancer with these FGFR alterations that you spoke of.
1: Well metastatic urothelial cancer patients can often have these very aggressive tumors. They grow rapidly and they can cause a lot of symptoms, you know, symptoms that are very uh, make a patient very uncomfortable. Pain, discomfort, bleeding in the urine or hematuria or pain when they urinate or even the inability or difficulty in urinating. Mm-hmm. So the ability to control these symptoms can be very helpful in improving a patient's quality of life.
0: What are some of the methods that were used to conduct this research and some of the uh, candidates that were also researched?
1: Well, when we looked at patients who were receiving treatment, we saw a large unmet need by the current standard of care chemotherapy regimens. You know, single-agent taxing, the benefit was short, you know, life expectancy really in the single digits. You know, we don't see a lot of patients living many years. So it is a challenge finding better treatments that help people live much longer. And with Fitness, we saw an average life expectancy that's now in the double digits in months. You know, people are really able to live longer and leave and lead better lives when they can control their symptoms. So that is one of the benefits of being able to give these treatments. Unfortunately, it is still a no pain, no gain scenario. We, we don't have any cancer therapy that is side-effect free. Um, there are side effects from these treatments. You know, Hand-foot syndrome patients can develop a dry mouth or dry eyes. And there's a very rare side effect where a patient's vision may be affected. But luckily, even despite these side effects, holding the dose of the drug and reducing the dose of the drug can help with those and allow patients to continue on treatment to help control their cancer.
0: You talked about an unmet need. Who is more likely to present, men, women? Are there any ethnic, cultural issues that would say this person is more likely to develop this type of cancer than another?
1: Well, it is typically a cancer of the elderly. We see Mm. patients typically in their 70s and 80s developing this cancer. And it also is a cancer in men, much more than women we often see two to three men for every one woman who develops a bladder cancer. Mm -hmm. Now, nobody really knows why we see more men than women. Some have thought it might be differences in hormones, you know, testosterone versus estrogens. I personally wonder if it's differences in the immune systems between men and women, since women do have a higher rate of autoimmune diseases in general. So there might be inherent differences in how our immune systems function to help control or prevent the development of tumor.
0: You've mentioned many of the benefits of this research. Expand on the significance of this research and how it's going to affect this uh, affected community the most.
1: Well, as a result of this research, we anticipate that ertifitinib, will be granted full FDA approval. Currently, it receives accelerated approval in the United States. But with full approval, this may also translate to full approval in other countries across the world, allowing ertifitinib to be available for all patients who have an FGF alteration for their bladder cancer. One of the other challenges is how do we sequence these therapies? Do we give the treatment before immunotherapy or after immunotherapy? And there was another component of the trial where we studied the impact of sequencing. And we saw there was no difference when we gave ertifitinib or pembrolizumab in patients who had no prior treatment with immunotherapy. So we've learned a bit about how to sequence these therapies, that for most patients, it would be desirable to give immune treatment with an immune checkpoint inhibitor first and then follow that with ertifitinib, although there might be patients with a visceral crisis, severe symptoms, where we need to shrink the tumor or get, we call it cytoreduction, reduce the size to control the symptoms. And in those patients, we may still wish to consider giving ertifit first, given its response rate.
0: Where can our listeners uh, get some more information about this uh, presentation at ESMO 2023?
1: So both of these portions of the clinical trial have now been published and had simultaneous publications with their presentation at ESMO. One is in the New England Journal of Medicine, and the second is in the Annals of Oncology.
0: Doctor, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio. Looking forward to another conversation as approval approaches.
1: Well, thank you very much, Neil. It was a pleasure being here.
0: You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Arlene Siefka-Radke. Audio copies of this program are available at Health Professional Radio. Radio.com.au, also at Anchor Spotify, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com Health Professional Radio.